Live from the Haymarket Pub and Brewery in Chicago, Illinois, this is Bug House! days of social media and blogs, uh, the only way that people could expel their opinion for the masses that didn't want to hear it anyway was to write a letter to the editor of their local paper. Or they could go to Washington Square Park in Chicago, where the city's most intelligent and influential lunatics of the day would debate topics of the day. Lunatics like Studs Terkel. Okay, so this was like in the, the mid-20th century, this was a big thing where people would gather and they would, they would debate these topics. And uh, that's what we're here to do tonight. Tonight's debates, though, are not clouded by emotion or even that much opinion. The arguments you're going to hear tonight are based entirely on fact. This is the art of the dialectic. Fact or lies, either way. Um, so, in that spirit, that's what we're here to do tonight. In the spirit of, of Bug House Square, which is what they called Washington Square Park way back then. Uh, Bug House, of course, being the derogatory term for a loony bin or a nut house, um, mental health facility, I guess. Um, so that's where we got the name, okay? Any questions on that? No? Good, great. All right, so our topics of the day, these are really pressing topics, and they seem to show up every single December. One of them shows up almost daily. The topics we're going to be debating tonight are, is this the most wonderful time of the year? Happy holidays. Is that inclusive or are those words of war? And then finally, Trump's impeachment. Is that a Christmas miracle? Or comments made or questions asked around the holidays, it's usually, you should try these cookies. Where did you get that wreath? Would anyone like more eggnog? But for me it was, are you in love yet? When are you getting married? Are you having kids? That sweater looks tighter than it did than the last time you wore it. Oh, Christmas. A time for family to gather and break bread, question my life choices, and bully the only liberal at the dinner table. A time-honored tradition since the country elected a black president and my family decided to freak the fuck out. You could say Christmas was ruined for me when I found out Santa wasn't real, or when I found my gifts in my parents' bedroom closet. I mean, what do you expect me to do with my time as a latchkey kid? But mostly it was ruined, like I said, when Obama was elected. One year, my cousin's slightly drunk husband walked up to me at a Christmas party and whispered, I have to tell you something and I can't tell anyone else. I voted for Obama too. My God, I have to be a closeted Obama supporter in my own family? Which I mean, I guess that makes sense because my grandmother called him the N-word when he won. I mean, can you really blame her? She grew up in Alabama in the 30s and 40s. The answer to that is yes, you can absolutely blame her because she was a wonderful woman, but she was also pretty racist. So if you see me at this show, I always relate my side to something in my own life. I'm an only child, I need the attention. 
As a kid, Christmas was either at home in Dallas or in Tulsa or Galveston. And those trips really soured me. For starters, it's <laughs> Tulsa and Galveston. <laughs> then there were always the family arguments, the schedule of when to eat and when to open gifts. Every location was different. Wearing PJs all day was not acceptable everywhere. You may be required to shower and get dressed in nice clothing before descending downstairs to open gifts. Which, side note, to my boyfriend, that's why I do that at your family's house every year. I feel like I have to look nice when I come downstairs and I can't help it. There were the fake thank yous for me to adults talking about how much I love that sweater, those socks, this scarf, while everyone stared me down. The only upside any ugly clothing was seeing the receipt included or tags attached so you could return it to the store for cash. Remember when we could do that, you guys? Yeah. Oh, the best. Galveston was my stepmom's family. She and her mother would fight constantly. Her sister's kids were little brats. One Christmas Eve, I was asked to babysit these tiny monsters while the adults went to dinner. Her son had psoriasis, which made him scratch sometimes and even made him bleed. I was given the restaurant number to call in case of an emergency. And I did end up calling it when he was screaming bloody murder because his skin was bothering so much. Everyone actually seemed really annoyed by me, but mostly my stepmother who told me I obviously wasn't responsible enough to babysit if I had to call the restaurant for such a small problem. I was 12, you guys. <laughs> now Tulsa was my dad's side. It was not much better. Nice clothes needed to be put on before rushing downstairs, making me feel like a guest in my own grandparents' house. We drove around and looked at not so impressive Christmas lights. There was last minute shopping where everyone got stressed about something. And a fight always started about where we would shop. Which car do we take? Where are we eating? What are we eating? I did not understand why I was taken on these shopping errands. Just leave me at Nana and Dada's house so I can watch TV in peace which was usually in the basement, which was all furniture from 1950, but the TV had cable so I could watch the real world all by myself. Now, Christmases in Dallas were occasionally at my grandparents' house, which I also used to find a room with a TV so I could be left alone. At my own home, I found my gifts, like I mentioned before, except for the one time where I found these brown boots, which I didn't recognize and I didn't remember asking for. They bought those instead of Doc Martin boots because according to my dad, they were Nazi shoes. <laughs> There was, the year, there was the year that I noticed that Santa's handwriting looked very similar to my stepmom's, leading me to the conclusion that Santa wasn't real, but somehow reindeer are? I still don't understand that. My stepmother made fun of me for still believing in Santa at the age of 10. She literally made fun of me in front of other people. I was a kid, you guys. There was the Christmas where my dad decided to put blue lights on the outside of the house. So we usually had multicolored lights, you know, your typical reds, greens, whites like every other household. But this year, they were only blue. It made no sense at all, and I was furious for weeks. I recently told my boyfriend about this, and I realized I'm still angry about it. Maybe because I had control over what tree was picked, and I got to put the star on top of the tree, but this was something that I just had no say in. I, do, I still don't understand why he put all blue lights. It was very weird. <laughs> so lastly, the aftermath of Christmas is always depressing, but it's very different as a child and as an adult. As a kid, you have to figure out, how do I integrate this disgusting sweater into my wardrobe? And if you received a gift card from your parents, there were strings attached because they were the ones that had to drive you to the mall to pick it up, giving, you, uh, giving them some say in your wardrobe choices. If I could only know the future and tell my parents, these clothes don't matter anyways because in 20 years, we'll realize we all look like idiots. And then we'll wear them again 20 years later, but they'll be more fashionable. Again, it blows my mind when any adult would want to take a middle schooler or a high schooler shopping. 
Why are you taking me to Dillard's when I'll hate everything you pick out? Just leave the shopping to me and my best friend, Laura, so we can go to Kitsubo Casuals and pick out the chokers that we want. <laughs> then there were the thank you notes. The fucking thank you notes. Maybe some of you had parents that didn't make a big deal, but mine looked over my shoulders constantly, hounding me until all of them were mailed. Dear Nana, thank you for the sweater and pants. I wear them all the time. How is the weather in Tulsa? It's kind of cold here. I wish I didn't have to go back to school next week. I hope I can visit again soon. This letter took me two days to write, you guys. <laughs> As an adult, the aftermath is such a mess. There's so many things. You have to schedule days off for work, depending on how many you get. Remember in school, when we had like three weeks off. Christmas decorations go up after Halloween for some reason. Black Friday is fucking insane now. Do you know how many Black Friday emails I received last week? Over 150. I counted. I actually got sick of counting, so I got more than 150 emails. If you could queue up that picture for me, please. Uh, flights to visit my family are at least uh, $400. And if I'm spending that much on a flight, I would like for it to be on a vacation. Especially since my family has made it very clear that picking me up from the airport or staying in their houses is a burden. When a tour guide we had never met in Costa Rica happily drove me and my boyfriend around for 18 hours. Which is why I've spent the last four Christmases with my boyfriend's family in Michigan. And my last point. I don't know if any of you have ever been to the Chris Kindle Market in downtown Chicago. But I would like to show you evidence of this is what it looks like to walk through the Chris Kindle Market for three minutes. <laughs> that market made me hate Christmas, you guys. It's the worst, and people are terrible. Thank you so much. Thank you, David. And I'd argue the other side of that of that gold gilt coin. Dave Belden. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Right now, you guys, <laughs> December 2nd, 2019. As I wrote this last night, the radar was glowing pink over Chicago, which is the color that results when you combine the green of rain with the blue of snow. And so that's the first reason why this time of year is so wonderful. We get to experience snow and rain together at the same time. And we gave it this amazing word, sleet. So the dictionary.com definition is, it's positively poetic. Sleet is precipitation that falls to earth in the form of frozen or partially frozen raindrops, often when the temperature is near the freezing point. Sleet usually leaves the cloud in the form of snow that melts as it passes through warm layers of air during its descent. The raindrops and partially melted snowflakes then freeze in the colder layers nearer the earth before striking the ground as pellets of ice, which usually bounce. <laughs> Come on, that's so cool. <laughs> All right, so reason number two that this is the most wonderful time of the year. We're saving so much money right now, you guys. Thanks to Black Friday and Cyber Monday, I've saved about $3 trillion this weekend. And I just learned that right now isn't even the best time to save money off of stuff. Check this out. 
We save even more in the last few days right before Christmas. I Googled this. So the season just keeps getting more and more wonderful. <laughs> Number three, so many holiday songs all the time, wherever you go. So th there's a carol that you just heard somewhere else 20 minutes ago, except this time it's being sung by someone else. And see, I actually really love hearing covers of songs, like the same song over and over, but it, with different people singing it. Because my introduction to most songs is actually via the cover version of some of the song. And then I kind of work my way back to the source, you know. So anyway, if you're into covers, this is the most wonderful time of the year, right? <laughs> Number four, <laughs> decorations. I love holiday decorations. I love all the blue lights that everybody puts up <laughs> at the holidays. <laughs> And there's, uh, you know, Santa and his reindeer up on the roof, a snowman, some angels, maybe a flock of deer made out of wire and little blue lights. Blue light. Deer flock, deer's flock, right? Yeah. So we trimmed the tree last week, and all those ornaments jumped out at me to yet again remind me of, of past Christmases. So number five. Puppies are really cute when they're dressed up in little scarves and Christmas hats, aren't they? <laughs> Number six, <laughs> dead people. <laughs> Losing someone you love, well, the holidays can be really hard, especially the first year or 10 after they've died, because good memories are being triggered and then there you are standing in the middle of a Costco thumbing through a stack of jeans you can't try on because there's no changing room and you're pretending you're not crying because your mom's favorite holiday song is playing over the sound system and she loved shopping at Costco. But that's also why this time of year is so wonderful because you have the memories of all the people that you love. Number seven. There's nothing major going on with politics from about mid-November until early, no early January, and nothing at all. <laughs> Number eight, TV holiday specials. I could name so many. Charlie Brown, Rudolph, The Grinch. You know, the Brits, they have Doctor Who, The Detectorists, Downton Abbey. There's a bunch I'd love to see. Benji's very own Christmas story. Grandma got run over by a reindeer, that was on the WB. The Nuttiest Nutcracker, which was a 1999 direct-to-video animated film about a group of fruits and veggies trying to help the Nutcracker's army get a star up on a Christmas tree before midnight and stop a rodent army from destroying Christmas. Cheech Marine was the voice of Mac the Macadamia Nut. The Star Wars Holiday Special, Bah Humduck, a Looney Tunes Christmas. <laughs> My Little Pony, A Very Minty Christmas. Johnny Cash, John Denver's Montana Christmas Skies. <laughs> Kathy Lee Gifford, Looking for Christmas. <laughs> okay, I probably don't want to see that one. <laughs> Donnie and Marie, I mean, I, I remember them ice skating at the be beginning of the show. Dean Martin, He-Man and She-Ra. And of course, Strawberry Shortcake's Very Merry Christmas. <laughs> Number nine, pumpkin pie. I love pumpkin pie. Here's the weird thing. I had some once during summer, and I thought it'd be great, but it was just wrong somehow, because this is the season when cinnamon and nutmeg really shine. And so pumpkin pie is actually a nice segue into number 10, because just a couple hours ago, we had one of those holiday moments. So 
Last week, we walked over to our local pie place because we'd ordered lasagna and a couple pies for Thanksgiving. If you don't have a local pie place, then I encourage you to open one. <laughs> but, so anyway, due to some snafu, they didn't have the pumpkin pie that we'd ordered. So, my wife ran to Aldi and got a crust and some pumpkin pie filling in a can and made a delicious pie that I just finished off this morning. But then, about five o'clock today, the doorbell rings and it's someone from First Slice Pie Cafe holding a pumpkin pie and a note apologizing for last week and hoping that we can still make use of this pie. It's amazing. So I actually have the, the tag from it. Dear Dave and MT, sorry for the snafu. Hope you can enjoy this pie. Come on. So, so yeah, number 10, people are generally nicer. Now, this is very subjective, unless there's been a study of some sort, I didn't look it up. But I feel like people are just more comfortable saying things like, be of good cheer. <laughs> all the songs and the greetings and the advertising, it all kind of reprograms our brains for a couple months and gets our neurons running on more positive tracks. Plus, charitable giving goes way up. I know a lot of that has to do with it being the end of the tax year and people are trying to give away money in order to lower their tax burden, but hey, a lot of good comes out of that. <laughs> Number 11, <clears throat> it's kind of amazing that this all basically started this season because of one kid being born around 2,000 years ago. I mean, whatever your beliefs are, that's impressive. And number 12, which that number is appropriate because the holidays are basically one-twelfth of the year. So what I mean is, most of the year has already happened which means most of the non-wonderful stuff has already had a chance to play out, which logically, and barring something awful happening, leaves December as the most wonderful time of the year. Thank you. Woo! All right, do we have any questions for either or both of the performers? Bring it. Uh, yes, Judge Lauren, your question. Yes. Feel free to use your magical microphone. Lindsay, what did you do for Christmas with your biological mother? Oh, um... Actually, I didn't spend a lot of Christmas with, Christmases with her when I was a kid because she was not around. She was some mental illness issues. So she so. But as an adult, I think I've spent Christmas with her a few times. So usually, if I was with her, we were with like the whole family in Dallas. So yeah, that's, I don't know if that's a good answer. So nothing memorable. No, not really. Got it. Yeah. I have another question for Dave. How old were you when you cried at Costco? <laughs> uh, that would have been like 2011 maybe, so 41, yeah. It's, Costco still kind of hits me, you know? I, I get it, I get it. That's all I have. Okay, are you ready to make your ruling then? Oh wait, are there any other questions? Sorry. Paul, please. Lindsay. Can what? we get the microphone, can we get the microphone Paul? Ah, screw it. Shout it out. Lindsay, <laughs> what do you have against Tulsa and Galveston? The question was, Lindsay, 
What do you have against Tulsa and Galveston? Uh, Tulsa, I just find very boring. My, my family lives in a really, really nice neighborhood, old money, very beautiful. Um, and then outside that, it's, it's, I apologize to anybody, if anybody's from Tulsa, I, I think it's just really shitty <laughs> and a little scary. Um, so I never really enjoyed myself there. I felt there was never, my family never took us out to do anything. We just always hung out at somebody's house, I guess. And then Galveston, I hated my stepmom, so therefore I hated Galveston because that's where she was from. But I just remember hanging out on the beach a lot and the sand was really brown, the water was gross, and then turning around and you're literally, there's just a big giant wall behind me. I don't know, it just wasn't memorable, not very pretty. Thank you. Yeah. We have room for one more question. Does anybody have one more question? No more questions, great. All right, Judge Lauren, are you ready to make your ruling? I am. Drum roll, please. Dave Belden. Dave Belden with the win, all right. Christmas, or this is the most wonderful time of the year. I don't want to get specific, but yes. Okay, let's hear it for Dave Belden. Well, let's hear it for Lindsay, too. She I'm an atheist. <laughs> and this year, like every year, <clears throat> I'll be celebrating Christmas with my family in Ohio. I like to see my family, I enjoy my mother's cooking, and I always leave with more cash than I came with. It's lovely. I never go to Christmas Mass with my family. As I've decided, the only times I'll visit a church are on the occasions of weddings and funerals. So, <laughs> while my parents attend Mass on Christmas Eve, I stay at their house and keep an eye on the ham. While my, mother, <laughs> every year. While my mother wishes I would still be a Catholic, she has finally come around to the idea that it's not going to happen. And we're all cool with it. No one fights about it. My parents do their thing. I do mine. My parents say Merry Christmas, and holy shit, I say it right back to them because I really don't mind the term Merry Christmas. But I do prefer Happy Holidays. Why? Because it's fair. It's what people should say to each other when they don't know someone's religious affiliation or when they do know that others aren't Christians. And look, I'm probably one of those liberals that a lot of conservatives would call a snowflake because I do think inclusivity is nice. And I'm gonna say, am I going to say anything at all to someone that wishes me Merry Christmas? No, because the sentiment is there and the greeting is meant to be nice and cheerful. I also, I asked a lot of people that don't celebrate Christmas if they minded when people say Merry Christmas to them, and they all said some variation of I don't care, which is cool. I think most people are pretty chill about the whole topic. So what is this attack on Christmas that some people get bent out of shape about? It sure doesn't seem like Merry Christmas is under attack. People might not say it as much as they used to, but so what? We've also been saying Happy Holidays for over 100 years too, so what's the problem? Well, in 2005, <laughs> a radio host named John Gibson wrote a book, and it was called The War on Christmas, How the Liberal Plot to Ban the Sacred Christian Holiday is Worse Than You Thought. <laughs> this is real. I found, I found a New York Times article from 2016 written by Liam Stack, wherein an interview with Gibson revealed that he was amazed by the uproar the book caused. To quote this article, Gibson said it primarily focused on an issue that rarely happens anymore. Educators and local officials banning non-religious symbols like Santa Claus or Christmas trees 
out of a mistaken belief that displaying them violated the Constitution. Mr. Gibson said the book had taken on a life of its own over the years and that it had never dwelled on the political implications of happy holidays. He attributes the firestorm to two things, the book's Take No Prisoners title and the Fox News host, Bill O'Reilly. <laughs> it wasn't really me, Gibson said. I think it was more Bill, to tell you the truth. When Bill made it an issue, it went mega. And indeed, Mr. O'Reilly has returned to the theme of a war on Christmas again and again over the years. In 2012, he told viewers that liberals were tying the American situation, no, tying the Christmas situation into secular progressive politics because they wanted a new America and traditional Christmas isn't a part of it. The article also stated that a study by Farley, Fairley Dickinson University found that watching Fox News increased the likelihood that someone would believe in the war on Christmas by five to 10%. Ah, now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> Christmas is not under attack. Bill fucking O'Reilly just says it's under attack and some people actually listen to this guy. That's why people get bent out of shape over what's printed on a Starbucks cup and why some people hate the greeting happy holidays. Really, the war on Christmas boils down to fear. It's true that when a privileged group is asked to make accommodations for a less privileged group, it can lead to feelings of losing control and power, as though the group's privilege is under attack. So some Christians want to say Merry Christmas to everyone. Fine. The thing is, hardly anyone is offended by it, but why not let the less privileged hear a warm greeting that is actually relevant to them as well? I mean, Happy Holidays is actually Happy Holy Days, so like, what's the problem? Christmas is a holy day, win-win. Let's just turn the tables for a second and pretend that the most popular seasonal greeting in America is Happy Hanukkah, because in this experiment, Jews far outnumber Christians. If you're a Christian and it irks you that no one says Merry Christmas, then you should understand why Happy Holidays is appropriate. If you're a Christian and this whole experiment makes you want to explode and you can't comprehend a world where Happy Hanukkah would be more prevalent than Merry Christmas, then you're probably one of those people that think Christmas is under attack and I do not want to hang out with you. You also don't give a shit about other people and are more concerned about your threatened privilege. But it's all in your head. Once again, Christmas is not under attack. Further proof, Donald Trump has repeatedly said there is a war on Christmas. And whenever Donald Trump makes a definitive statement, we all know it's a lie. <laughs> also, if people are worried about a war on Christmas, why aren't they up in arms about the capitalist bonanza that occurs every year? This distracts everyone from the religious aspect of Christmas, but not too many people seem to mind. That's strange to me, because that seems like it would be a bigger attack on Christmas than happy holidays. Side note, I desperately want to know who buys someone a brand new car for Christmas. Does that, does that really happen, and how do I get in on this? Okay, so look, contrary to what Bill O'Reilly and Donald Trump say, there is no war on Christmas. If you're so worried about people saying happy holidays instead of Merry Christmas, I really need you to look in the mirror and ask yourself, might I be overreacting? Might I need a hobby or two? Or some friends? Or a new source for news besides Fox? But most importantly, ask yourself, am I the only person in the world and does the world revolve around me? This concludes my argument, happy holidays. <laughs> Laura Williams. All right, AJ. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Are you guys ready for AJ? Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the microphone, then. 
I don't know if you are ready. Good evening. Um, there are those who might remember a quote from the timeless Christmas classic, It's a Wonderful Life. The quote goes, every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. Today, I'm here to inform you of a different quote. Every time someone speaks the words, happy holidays, an angel grows a butthole. <laughs> oh yeah, sure, sure. Scoff at this, but as you do, imagine an angel up there in the mighty halls of heaven, suddenly, without any pretense, becoming aware that something has changed. What was once pure is now unclean. It's a truly sad thing. Angels shouldn't have buttholes, friends. It's hard to quantify just how much the phrase happy holidays has hurt the culture of America. I think there is no better way to, per to persuade you to my cause than through, the than through the medium of a dramatic reading. The following is a direct transcript of a rant composed by every disapproving conservative Christian mother and father in these great United States of America. If at the end you don't feel convinced that there is no greater threat to our, to our society than uttering the formerly mentioned phrase, I'll have to assume the liberal media has indeed brainwashed all of you. <clears throat> hey, Devin, come into the den. We need to have a powwow. Yeah, sit down. Sit down on the ottoman. Yeah, just move the copy of Donald Trump Jr.'s number one uh, bestseller triggered to the coffee table. You comfortable, Devin? I don't care. Listen to me right now, pal. You go ahead and you break your grandmother's heart, you piece of shit. <laughs> Say the words you'll never live down. Walk up to me, Ma, on the 25th of December and under that most base phrase, happy holidays. Congratulations, hotshot. You basically just said shitty, farty, cunt, cunt to Grandma Deborah, you low-life scumlicker. You know the goddamn rules, asshat. Keep your libtard progressive fake news philosophies away from our fragile geriatric family members. Be polite and don't make waves. She's 87 and has dementia and won't remember this tomorrow, but for Christ's sake, you heathen hoe bitch, keep your filthy, unclean, atheist gab trap shut. You want Grandpa Ken to go ballistic on what could possibly be his last ever celebration of the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus of Nazareth? Why don't you just bend over and show Great Aunt Edith your puckered butthole, you socialist Nazi Jew? <clears throat> You're going to kill your kin, you kin-killing cantankerous codfish, you! You snowflake pussy! You can't just be a normal human being for once.
else can you? Your brother Duke says Merry Christmas like a motherfucking patriot. You do this because you hate us, don't you? You never could just let it go, could you? You push buttons, you always have, you ungrateful jerk. Around your own family, you wretch. You could have just said, same to you. That would have been fine. Even just season's greetings would have been better. You lout! You brigand! You scallywag! You know our worldview is 100% monolithic and egocentric to even acknowledge that a portion of the human race celebrates anything other than our proud Christian savior's birth is akin to butt-fucking a hamster in the middle of Jewel Osco, you pinheaded prick sucker! <laughs> Don't do it, you fish. Don't do it, you worthless blockhead. Keep your filthy, mealy-mouthed, half-committed comments to yourself. <laughs> it's not that hard, kiddo. Just use the mouth God gave you to do something that pleases the people who gave you everything you have for once. For once in your fucking meaningless existence. <laughs> Can't you just fall in line? Are you tired of being constant disappointment? You <laughs> failure, you. <laughs> Make your pawpaw proud and say the right mouse words, you insipid drip. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Ever heard of it? <laughs> Obama. <laughs> Obama! 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 Mama! 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 In short, <laughs> Don't be so churlish. Stop engaging in this chicanery and get thee right with Christ. Make us proud of you, if only for this one specific instance. Otherwise, they'll be held to pay and we'll never, ever, 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 ever let you hear the, the end of it. Capiche? Merry Christmas, Devin. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> questions from the audience? Anybody have any questions? It can be about his mental state, his, his creative process. This Christmas is a past. Yes, okay. Elizabeth. Yes. So, um, how is that an argument rather than just a Shit, that's tough. Okay, the question was, how is what AJ just did? Yeah. How is what AJ just did an argument rather than a diatribe? 
AJ, you have one minute. I was representing half of America. Um, I think it's pretty clear that this is how many people feel. Um, that in itself is an argument. These are substantive matters, uh, not objective matters, and I feel that uh, I brought out the substantive side of my argument. Well played. Any other questions for either of them? All right. Oh, yes, Paul, question. AJ, where'd you learn to talk like that? The question is, AJ, where'd you learn to talk like that? <laughs> Ever seen The Irishman? Goodfellas? <laughs> no. <laughs> Martin Scorsese, I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I, hang on a second. <laughs> I've seen The Goodfellas. Oh, Goodfellas, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've seen The Irishman. No. Okay, but you've... You've seen Martin Scorsese films, yeah. right? Okay. okay. Just not the newest one. Correct. Okay. I still haven't seen it either. I was just... No, that's... Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. It's about Irish people, so I'm not going to see it. It's about an Irish man. Yeah. They kind of give it away in the title. It's a little lazy. On but, the nosy. Yeah. But who am I to judge Martin Scorsese or... I don't know. How do you say it? Scorsese. Scorsese? Scorsese. Scorsese? Scorsese? Scorcasa. Scorcasa. Scorch a see, see. Problem. Ask him. Clams. Clams. All right. Clams. Enough vamping, everyone. Judge Lauren, are you ready to make your ruling on how to pronounce Martin's Clams last name? AJ Mueller. AJ Mueller? AJ Mueller. I'm Robert Mueller's nephew. It's AJ Miller. First, I thought, well, perhaps this is a question about which is worse, dumb evil or smart evil, right? Because the inauguration of President Michael Pence wouldn't lift my New Year's spirits, um, but the impeachment of one Donald Jonathan Trump would lift my spirits. So at first, this was a debate between these two things. Because here's the thing. One of the main reasons we're going through the impeachment hearing is in case someone savvier than Donald Trump gets into office and decides to abuse his power for political gain in a way where he doesn't get caught. Because <laughs> Trump is a criminal, but he's a really bad criminal. <laughs> Don't we want the bad criminal, the dumb evil, right? Like the guy, he got 400 mil from his dad and banks, the American banks still stopped lending to him. He's bankrupted four casinos, which is a business model based on just taking advantage of people. And he couldn't, couldn't even do that. Um, mm, that's dicey. Um, we wouldn't even, my point is, is we wouldn't even know who this guy is if he didn't have a rich dad. Um, but on the other hand, we have smart or smarter evil Mike Pence, who is better known by his pen name, Anonymous. So, uh, 
And I can't get over the fact that Mike Pence is kind of Donald Trump with friends. I don't think he would do it. I don't think he'd do anything different. I think he'd find ways to finagle things to do it legally. Um, imagine someone with the same cruel ambitions as Trump except the ability to make a plan <laughs> or sound like a president. You know what I mean? I mean, it, 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 one of Trump's greatest appeals is that he comes off as authentic. Uh, he is a blathering, mean-spirited, lying uh, fink, I think is the word, fink. Um, but that's him. That's, he comes off as authentic and people connect with that. Uh, Mike would look you right in the eye and you'd never meet him. And he'd remember your name, but you'd never know who he was. Um, but look, that's, but my stance, my, my assigned stance, was that uh, it would ruin New Year's, which is true, and here's why. The culprit will be the cross-section of Republicans and people who are angry drunks. All right? This is not that rare of a demographic. And there's a lot more of those in Chicago than you might think. I think there's a lot. So the, uh, you have to imagine, so imagine yourself, I mean, let's be real about the people sitting here. If Barack Obama was like removed from office and it was just on total bullshit charges, I would be furious. Especially if there was like, you add the something something Hillary Clinton, like, oh, geez, what did she get up to this time? That, that minx Cruella de Vil person. Ugh. I don't know, they always bring her up. But I'd be pissed, and they really believe that. They really believe that uh, this is all a sham, and it's just a political move. So if I was in that position, I'd be pissed. Now, I'm not an angry drunk. I'm a sassy drunk. And here's the thing. If I'm in the same space, if Trump gets elected or if Trump if Trump gets impeached or moved from office, I'm I'm gonna be a dick about it. Um, I'm 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 probably gonna talk some shit. And these guys, they're gonna be in a bad place because plus you have you have to consider that the whole QAnon thing didn't work out. So they're like real depressed because they were like, there was this, like this expectation. There's a lot of weight on these men uh, and they're all men, their minds. Um, but you know, like I, like I would want to say something like, hey, when uh, Trump said he uh, uh, liked coal miners, are you sure he didn't mean cool miners? And it'll take him a second to be like, he's talking about people underage, not people who mine into things. And then he'll punch me in the face and I'm gonna lose. All right? I don't want to be able to say these things in public because I want it to be, I want, I want it to be a little embarrassing for them to have stood by this like obvious fraud. You know what I mean? And I just, I just don't want to get punched in the face for it. So, because it, like, it would be embarrassing. I, I lose fights. I'll talk shit, but I lose, I mean, look at me. <laughs> I like I I look like Michael Moore's hipster nephew, and like I don't I don't win I did, I don't win fights. I'll still talk shit though, especially when I've been drinking, um, and, and 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 I'd be dancing like I'd be do I do the same thing the United States did when the Berlin Wall fell. We like danced on top of it. I'd be like, ah, how do you feel that uh, yeah none of that worked out? You fucking you, you big dumb dumb and. 
then that, that, that's when the hitting starts. There are problematic, angry drunks. Um, there are problematic, angry drunks across the political spectrum. But there's only, you have to put one political spectrum that are angry drunks and their guy just, their guy just lost. I'd be mad. I'd be mad if like my, I'm a Detroit Lions fan. I get mad every weekend. I know that feeling. But if it's like a president, oh my gosh. Um, I'd be even madder. Uh, but I think that they are inadequately embarrassed. So I might, I might, I might talk some mad shit. And uh, we don't want that. We want less fights. And I'm not the only person like myself. There's people who are even worse than me. If that can, uh, if you could possibly imagine that. Um, and we don't want that. Uh, plus they might try their uprising thing, which I'm not worried about because I'm not afraid of an uh, army of obese people on Medicare scooters. But like, that's the base. Just look at the, look, the check your demos. Um, and also, besides, bullies are fundamentally cowards. Uh, just look at the president. Okay, thank you. Don't impeach the president so I don't get punched, everybody. That's my argument. Peter Kamitas right there. That, uh, what was it? That Trump's impeachment would be a terrible thing for the new, would ruin the new year, yeah? Yeah, there'd be a lot of fights. A lot of fights. I like fights. Um, okay, so. I never liked Trump. Like, after I saw Home Alone 2, I was like, fuck this guy. <laughs> and I stayed true to that. Uh, when I worked um, in, when did, when did uh, uh, his show start, The Apprentice? Like 2004, five, something like that, right? Yeah, ish, I, I never watched it, but um, he got really, really popular at the time. And I was working in radio and my boss, the program director, he, you could buy these like pre-programmed packages for your, you know, to, to broadcast on air, like, you know, bits and shit like that. And one of them was Trump, just like, it was like 60 seconds of Trump just talking about fucking whatever, whatever the thing was, you know, whatever the topic was, 60 seconds, 90 seconds, I don't know. And we, we bought it. And we ran it on air when he was just like a fun, I'm a billionaire who with a TV show and I'm gonna talk about this stuff and eh, whatever. And I said, Marty, why are you running this guy? He sounds like an idiot. He's an asshole. He has no, like, why are we giving him this platform? He has no knowledge of anything. He's just, what the fuck? I will do what he's doing. I will write nonsense for half of whatever you're paying the company that's producing this stuff. He's like, ah, no, people love it, screw it, whatever. So I didn't, I didn't get that job. Um, so Donald Trump beat me out for a job, in a way. Um, but fuck Donald Trump, right? Like, that's, it's just, it's simple. The guy, he's, I don't need to go through it, but we know why he sucks as a person. We know why he sucks as a president. Um, so when he ran for president, it was, there were all these things. It's like, well, there's no way that he's going to survive the primaries. There's just, there's no way. For Christ's sake, he talks about walking out on Fifth Avenue or whatever. Was it Fifth? Fourth Avenue? Yeah. Fifth yeah. Avenue? Yeah. Shooting stuff. It's like, well, there's no way that that's, because if Jeb Bush did that, he'd be done, right? Hillary Clinton was nearly done because she lied about having the flu. But that didn't stop Donald Trump. So all these things happen, and then like the, the, pussy grabbing thing comes out, and I was 100% certain 
because there was proof that it happened, that he said it. There was videotape and audio and the whole thing. And no, that didn't stop him either. He's the real Teflon Don. Nothing sticks to this motherfucker. Nothing. This Ukraine stuff is barely sticking because all of his people are like, well, they, you know, they're parsing the words and they're switching and that's not what he meant and the intention. Their, their, their defense is that he either didn't say it, he didn't want no, you know, no quid pro quo, whatever, or he was just too stupid to know what it meant. Like he fumbled his fucking stupid way into treason. That's their defense. But it doesn't matter because there's still Republicans going, well, he's just too stupid. I don't know, he should still be president though. It's fascinating. It's fascinating that he's still in office, that the Republicans have not turned on him. We keep likening this back to Nixon's thing, right? And from the very beginning, from, from the very beginning of his presidency, it's hard not to compare Watergate and all, all of Nixon. You know, he, he was the law and order president, he, you know, that whole thing. So, but even the Republicans, when, when I don't remember who the witness was, but they dropped a bombshell, like, yeah, the president was covering this shit up. And everyone's like, well, we can't be a part of this. He did wrong. We, like, we love to stick with our guy, party first and all that, but this looks really bad for the future. That's not happening now. They're doubling down. If Trump gets impeached by the House, which he probably will because the House is a Democratic majority, that won't be a miracle. And he won't be removed from office. But it will be a black mark on his record. And some people think that's important. I think that's important. I'm a history guy. I like facts, I like figures. I like to look back and see what happened, how did it play out, what does it mean? Um, but that's not gonna matter to Trump and his people. They're gonna look at that and go, well, that was all a, that was all a hoax, it was, it was fake news, it was fake bullshit, it was all Democrats, that, you know, the same shit they've been shouting for the last three years. But if he gets impeached, again, like he probably will, in the house, it will make Christmas so wonderful for everybody who doesn't love the guy. It might even make it wonderful for the people who don't love the guy, but are still like, yeah, but yay, president. The dumb Republicans don't have the fucking nuts or the labia to fucking pull their heads out of their stupid asses and go with what's right, yeah? By the way, I'm writing this as we speak, so. Um, oh, the other thing that'll be great about it is the, the miracle behind it is, is if he's held accountable for something. Donald J. Trump has never been held accountable for anything in his entire life. The only thing he's had to answer for, and just barely, is cheating on his wife with a porn star. And so what? Like, who gives a shit? I was listening to NPR, I don't know, every day. And every time they bring up the Stormy Daniels thing, they talk about how she's a porn star. Like, that, Matt, like, like that's a bad thing. Shut up, NPR, go fuck yourselves. You all watch porn, porn stars are great. They fucking, they provide a great service. They make more money than all of us in this room right now, so 
fuck off. Like, right on. And by the way, if you're not following Stormy Daniels on Instagram, do it. Because she's awesome. She's funny. And while she's not my type to whack it to, if she were, I couldn't, knowing that she willingly let Trump put his weird... Right? Like, even if he's Donald Trump and he's rich and he's gross. Right? 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 Okay. No, that's fine. Yeah, I got one minute before you start deducting points from me. Um, so, okay, so if, if he gets impeached in the House and then goes to the Senate, and let's just say by some Christmas miracle, the Republican-led Senate removes him from office. Pence would become president. Pence would probably pardon him. And that would be the kiss of death for the Republican Party. Because even the like medium-strident Trump fans, Republican fans, that can't see reason would go, well, they convicted him. Conviction is truth. You know, they're law and order kind of people. Like if it's, you know, the Senate says it. Not anymore, but maybe if the Senate says he's removed from office, those people might go, yeah, well, if Mitch McConnell says it, well, I can't, I can't argue with that. No chin, turtle motherfucker. Pence would pardon him, and that would be the kiss of death of the Republican Party because they would be forgiving this, this creature of sin and hate. Got it. Uh, yeah, so Christmas miracle? It would be if you were to get impeached all the way through, and, um, and that's my argument. Uh, are there any questions for me or Peter? Judge Lauren. David Hamill. Yes. Why do you think Pence would pardon and impeach Trump or remove from office Trump? I love the way you phrased that. Thank you. Um, because that's, he's a forgiving man. It's, it's the Christ way. Forgiveness for the sins that you cast against your fellow man. Uh, we all sin. We are all sinners. That's Christian, right? And is Pence not a Christian? There you go. Well, I mean, he's a Christian by the fucking, you know, by the, you know, topographical book bullshit. And he's afraid of women. That's pretty fucking Christian. So, yeah, I think that's why he would do it, because he forgives. And he would, I think that he would follow the Ford playbook, you know, the, the long nightmare. What, what is it? The America's nightmare is long. What is it? My, my penis is short, but the America's nightmare is long, and I, I have the clap. Yeah. What did Ford say? Something about the clap. Our long national nightmare is over. That's the one. Yeah. I think that's why he would pardon him. Because cause then you've got to go through a whole, a whole, well, that's the answer. Forget it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Any other questions? No. Good. All right. So, Judge Lauren, 
Who made the better case, me or Peter? Wow. David Nipple. No, really? I actually thought so, yeah. That was better? I thought so, sorry, Peter. No, I thought so too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. All right, that's the show. Let's give everybody a round of applause for being here tonight. Let's give our judge, Lauren Huffman, a round of applause. Let's give our Jingle Bells a round of applause. Let's give our staff at the Haymarket, Pub and Brewery, a round of applause. Thank you all so much. This has been Bug House. We'll see you in January 2020, which is an election year. Hoorah!